Rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. On the last episode, Waylon on Fools claimed that I had been buried in a shallow grave out back. This is not true. I am here today with my friend from the other side of the country, Uppercut of Justice. Uppercut, weird guy, how you doing? Ah, uh, it's scary. The sky is scary. Yeah, uh, I, I'm picking up a little bit here and there of some... Yeah, that. <laughs> I, th I think my Nordic ancestors are, like, coming to collect. I think uh, maybe they're celebrating the coming of a new football season? N no, that's pussy shit. That's not, that's not what Thor's about? Nah, Thor's about, like, blood eagles and stuff. Okay. <laughs> I got nothing, then. I really don't know how to follow that up. I, there's nothing I could talk about following Blood Eagles that, that would be impressive now. Well, we're not looking for impressive. We're looking to get as far away from Blood Eagles as possible. I think that should everyone's goal be in life, is to just as much distance between you and a Blood Eagle as possible. Now the skies sound angrier. They don't want you to leave Blood Eagles. Look... I mean, they've given away that they're coming, and they don't have nearly the chance they think they do. So, you know, if if we have to if we have to let you improv like five minutes while I take care of some old runic bastards, we can. But I think just pivoting into what we're actually supposed to talk about is probably the best route forward. Okay. Well, how about instead of a pivot, let's just jump because I'm bad at pivoting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we go from from basketball to kids at a lake yep that's that's <laughs> what we're doing you're catching me all kinds of off guard i i don't have follow-ups for you so i'm doing it i'm just jumping in let's talk about the broncos off season this was our uh kind of review of the last how many months has it been how many years has it been this year has been unbearable i i feel like it's been the longest off season of all time we're, we're over six months removed from the super bowl aren't we yeah, yeah, we are. It was early February, and now we're approaching mid-August. I do remember um, Rich Eisen tweeting out the, the following Sunday. It's only been a week since the Super Bowl because so much news and, and whatnot had happened in, that, in the interim between weekends um, and fe feeling like, wow, I can't believe how long that's been. But Jesus, <laughs> it's been six months. <laughs> um, and it's felt every bit. Of six months for me. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. But there's also something else we need to mention, I think, before we, we, we fully jump. We're on the dock, but we don't need to jump yet. Um, we don't have a guest. We don't. You're right. And that kind, is... of defeat, it kind of def a little bit defeats the purpose, or, or at least our original intention of this show, which was to, to bring in members of the Reddit community and perhaps, you know, other people uh, in other spheres community but people who wouldn't normally get a chance to talk on a platform but now we're not doing that we're betraying our own format <laughs> um but we we i think it I, I think it gives us a chance to kind of let me calm down the character i typically play or the 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 kind of character i typically play and, and we can have like a, a a little bit more i don't want to say informal but a chill we can be chill we can have a chill chat this is um this is going to be a little more uh, a little more relaxed, a little more intimate even. Yeah. We've got the rain in the background. 
Well, for one of us. Uh, my state's on fire. That's cool. That's cool. My state keeps trying to kill children, so... COVID, y'all. <laughs> Let, let's start there. Let, let's talk about about this pandemic and how it's going to possibly affect how it did affect the the off season how it might affect the uh upcoming season because you you said this is something you kind of wanted to touch on and um, at the very least acknowledge that we're we're dealing with this yeah i i i do think this is something that needs to be talked about a lot with a, a lot more gravitas than I've seen, especially in a lot of sports communities. And I, I have a hard time sometimes like wanting to talk specifically about how it will affect sports and the future of sports because over 160,000 people are dead and that's just dead. Like sometimes dead is better than other, other things um, lasting effects, the suffering that will be caused by people who survive it. Uh, so it's having lingered on the idea of us not actually getting an episode or, uh, out about it in a very timely fashion has kind of led me more jaded about doing an episode um, in regards to just sports. <laughs> you, got, <laughs> you got a contribution? <laughs> no, you, you, you're absolutely right. This is absolutely something that's... We can always do that we can always i can like compartmentalize and go like here are the things i think that are logistically going to happen due to this without the overall effects and and the ways it's going to do things that aren't you know consumable entertainment or the ways it's going to affect things that aren't consumable entertainment like is there do you do you expect the season to start when they say it's going to start which is at this point uh what what date is that because we're currently it's august 13th yeah, I think at the beginning uh, should be like September 5th or something. Very close. A very truncated um, off-season training camp. But do you expect it to start then? I expect it to start then. Uh, the NFL season, 2020 NFL season, is set to begin Thursday, September 10th and end Sunday, January 3rd, 2021. I don't expect that it'll end on January 3rd. I expect it'll end before then. Hmm. But I, I think it'll start on time. Do you think we're getting a full season? No. Do you? Hmm. I'm. I haven't put a lot of thought into that. I, I don't know enough about the the the. I'm trying to think of the word now. The preventative procedures being taken place uh, in regards to to the NFL. I know the MLB hasn't had as much success as they thought they were going to be but the nba has is that right you watch basketball uh, yeah uh the mlb hit some speed bumps early on uh and had a massive outbreak within one team that ended up in a week's worth of lost games for two or three or four teams total um i haven't heard much news about them uh about the league uh recently uh, as far as the NBA goes, uh, they took a completely different approach, and they're completely isolated in a bubble in Disney World in Orlando, and uh, there have been no positive tests in the NBA for several weeks now running. Um, that seemed... I don't think. Go on. I, I don't think anybody actually tested positive within the bubble. And I know that the NHL is the same way. They actually have two bubbles up in Canada, 
I don't know exactly how strict their uh, quarantine is within that bubble, but I believe it's the most strict of the four professional sports, the big professional sports leagues. So the NBA, how many courts are they playing on? I want to say they are, I think they're on four courts. Which are all contained within Orlando? Uh, yeah, they're all on the Disney campus. Oh, see, I, I'm not familiar with uh, sports at all outside of football for because it's boring because I won't invest any amount of time to to, to like it. Um, but that that sounds like the only way that this could work and a way that football is not going to be. That's totally the sense that I get. Being being forced to travel from state to state and, you know, you're going to eight different cities and having eight different cities come to you. I guess it's seven of each, not eight of each, but I just got hung up on the math. I don't know. <laughs> well, just the just the the nature of, of having to travel at all, even if you take as many precautions as possible, that is such a, a wild card factor in any plan that it it seems like this is it's going to be a very uh powerful stroke of luck if nothing comes up even for a short term i i am impressed and surprised that uh to this point even just in training camp without travel uh i'm surprised that we haven't heard of more players testing positive since uh was it andrew beck for the broncos I think Andrew Beck is the only one on the Broncos who's had a test. I guess it was positive. I, I didn't actually get a clear thing. I don't know what the like if him being selected for that means he was necessarily positive or that you know false positives and they were just making double extra sure. Um, I never got confirmation for that. But he's the only one who's been removed from practices due to concerns of it. Right, and yeah, that's, that's surprising, and that's not even considering. Uh, like you said, traveling around the country. So we'll see. I'm not super optimistic that the season carries on. Uh, but the people need football, Aaron. The people need it, but the people have Madden. The people need football? How else are we going get, to get, get along with normal life? If everybody takes risks every day, uh, these people are constantly putting their, their health on the line. Why is... Why can't we just chalk this up? Why isn't this different? Why Or why is this different? What, what, come on, let's get back to normal. <laughs> if only, right? If, if only. If um, only dying was the only consequence of getting sick. And also, if only uh, one person getting sick uh, with a contagious virus was the only consequence of somebody getting sick. Yeah, there are so many multitude of problems with, with all of this. We could do an entire episode just complaining about that kind of mentality and we might <laughs> i would like to say i think uh i think this will probably be the last thing we should talk about covid because we've got a few more things to talk about but um the people calling for returns to normalcy i i i think they should probably take a, like a both an introspective and a collective look at everything around them and ask themselves if if this is how normalcy, or if this is where normalcy got us to where we're debating how much our entertainment people or how many of our uh, people of entertainment were willing to get sick 
and possibly, you know, spread um, and cause damage elsewhere. If that's where normal got us, do we want to return to that normal? Or, or is escapism more than just escapism? Is it the entire thing you want? It kind of frustrates me, and I completely understand it. People have shitty lives, uh, or at least in the in the short term, or the the local. You know, they go to work. They don't really care about that to a great extent. They come back. They've got you know non-work related stresses in their life, and they want to enjoy something that kind of takes their mind out of it. But it seems a lot of people want that to be everything. They 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 want to remove themselves from the goings on because it's stressful. But I think they should maybe look at that. I think they should maybe be a little bit more introspective and a little bit more, like, try to try to be empathetic, try to be more compassionate to somebody outside of your immediate sphere. I, it's, I, like I said, I'm sympathetic towards people who want escapism, but I, when it becomes the entirety of your non-work-related life, I... I I think there's an issue there. That's it. I think that's well said. With a lot of stammering and repeating. <laughs> okay, well, we had other things that happened in the offseason. Or did you want to say something? No, no, no. You're, I'm, I'm prepared. All right. Um, move along. Briefly, and I don't think this needs to be discussed at length. I think this can just be noted as a part of the offseason. Um the Broncos and the NFL and it seems a lot of sports and entertainment and companies and corporations and other things have taken a uh, a social stance, at least superficially, in support of movements affiliated or directly Black Lives Matter kind of stuff. The stuff that Kaepernick was largely talking about and protesting about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Broncos took the initiative. They went out, they spoke at a protest uh, rally, march, whatever it was, for brief moments. And I do have some issues with the way that's done, the way corporate co-option and protest movements. But I do think that the players largely are, are doing what I would consider morally the right thing, even if I don't agree with some of the means and some of the methods and mediums by which it's conveyed. They are correct broadly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. You're, are you okay? You good there? Yeah, I'm just amazed. Like, it's impressive <laughs> that sometimes the sky gets mad. I, I think that you're right. I think that um, on, at the individual level, the concerns are, and, and the actions are morally correct. They come from a good place. Um, mm -hmm. Which is always preferable to to abstinence and uh, and incorrectness. Those are those are preferable. Yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> we also learned that um, a couple of uh, Broncos, past and present, might have some weird ideas about vaccines. Yeah. Um... Good way to tarnish some legacies of somebody who was already trying very hard to seemingly tarnish his own legacy here. Um, and a couple of people that are on the team. Hmm. Yeah, a couple of young, exciting stars in, in Denver, unfortunately, share that viewpoint. Hmm. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. for the Nuggets is uh, on that train as well, unfortunately. What else happened this offseason? 
I'm I'm trying to keep it uh, off the field here and not necessarily about football, but I'm not thinking of much. I mean, those are the two big things, right? How many it's, opouts did we have? Just James? Yeah, just 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 to want James opting <laughs> out. We will. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna touch on that uh, in a later episode. Yes, we will. Uh, with first ever guest and one of top guests, uh, Dave. That's right. We're uh, we're excited to to have Dave back eventually for that one. Um, He'll bring a, a level of professional and uh, professionalism and maturity to a topic that deserves it much more than I can. So <laughs> looking forward to that whenever that happens. So we don't need to talk about that right now. Well, let's let's jump into football stuff. Let's let's talk about football. Foot. Yes. Ball. So let's kind of start there. Not with Juwan James, because we will talk about that later with Dave. But let's keep it on the offensive line. A couple of big additions on the line with Graham Glasgow and Lloyd Cushenberry. And DeMar Dotson. And now, yes, recently DeMar Dotson. Yeah, and that might be more something to talk about with Dave. Right. Uh, but it's really cool. Lloyd Cushenberry uh, at one point projected. Uh, or at one point, uh, like by several several media outlets and and quote unquote experts, uh, projected in the late first, uh, somewhere around there at highest I've seen, and um, we got him in the third, which is makes me very happy based on those projections, and then makes me very um, a little a little tepid based on why did he go that far by all teams? Right, right. What what might they know that we don't? which is the bane of my existence. <laughs> they won't tell me, and then sometimes I'm right, and I was like, I could have told you. <laughs> I don't know anything about Lloyd Cushenberry, <laughs> other than what others told me. I don't look at the offensive line. I don't know what I'm looking at or talking about. I'm glad he's there, because I, we had, we had uh, some guy whose name I don't remember plugged there in you go. there. That's all you need to say, really. Uh, very... Very memorable, uh, long-time member of the Denver Broncos. Um, actually, Connor McGovern was here for uh, a handful of years. He's not exactly a nobody, but uh, clearly wasn't super impressive if, you know, we forgot who he was. Well, I wasn't talking about Connor McGovern. I was talking about the the guy that was going to back the, the, oh, the Patrick guy. Oh, Patrick Morris. Patrick Morrissey. That's right. <laughs> Morrissey. Yeah, Morrissey. Um, That's right. Some girls are bigger than others. Uh, yeah, that's who I couldn't remember, and that's who was slated in, and I don't know anything about him, and he didn't start over McGovern, so I'm glad Lloyd Cushenberry's here. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about uh, Glasgow? Um, I think I'm excited to have, uh, knock on wood, a reliable uh, and above-average starter on the interior of that offensive line. Glasgow doesn't miss time to injury, um, he didn't allow a sack in, I believe, the 2018 season. Uh, he is enough for me to call him probably the most exciting free agent signing, the best free agent signing that they made this this off season. And w what about all that depth at right guard? We got oh, Glasgow. Oh. We've got Wilkinson. We've got uh, Moody. Wil Wilkinson is going to be forced outside, though. Aaron, don't, don't do that to me. Don't do that oh, to we Drew. Know. <laughs> don't do it to Drew. 
I don't want to do it to Drew. It's not me. It's Mike Cliss who insists. Mike Cleese who insists that this is true. Oh, Mike Cleese. That's okay people. because Demar Demar Dotson will beat him out for the right tackle job. You promise? I'm fairly confident. You wanna you wanna add another verse to air him out? <laughs> no, because I still uh, need to do my research and practice and and get the the first verse to you. Yeah, quick recap for everybody who is not in the know for that. Aaron lost a bet over uh, where what's his name? Uh-oh. Tyler Biotish. <laughs> Tyler Biotish would go in the draft and the 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 bet was Aaron has to do uh one verse and one chorus from the rap group clipping song Air him Out. I'm very excited about that. I won't let him forget it, but I'm not going to rush him. I'm not going to rush him to make him do it. That's a lot of work. I thought you had forgotten because that's the first time you mentioned it in several months. No, I mean, we've had horrible tragedies befall our nation and world, and so I wasn't going to push you to learn <laughs> a rap song. <laughs> it wasn't my priority, and I didn't expect you needed it to be yours. Well, I appreciate that. Ah, but we've got Moody. Moody's going to be there. I'm really glad we picked up guard depth. I don't, I don't have a problem taking guard depth late in the, I know, late in the draft. I know, because it's late in the draft, and you'll take anybody as a, as a, <laughs> as a high upside. I know your priorities. <laughs> if, if there's somebody with a warm body who could possibly contribute late in the draft, I'm not going to get too worked up about it. Oh, uh, well. What else are we going to talk about? Uh, well, there's Pat Shermer, who uh, is the new offensive coordinator, of course. Drew Locke, five and five years? Is that is that what it is? Uh, for Locke? Or yeah. for the Broncos? Actually, for both. <laughs> is it for both? Let's see. So we had um, what uh, 16. So 15 and 16 were the same because it was, um, it was Kubiak and was it wasn't Dennison, was it? Was he the offensive coordinator? Yeah. Okay. It was Dennison, and then it was... Um, the Tebow guy. I, man, I should know these names. The Tebow guy, Mike McCoy? The, yeah, we had Dennison, then we had McCoy, then we had M Moose? What's his name, Moose? <laughs> his nickname was Moose, uh, Bill Musgrave. Musgrave. And then uh, then it was Scangarello, right? Yes. Yeah, I had to think about it, but yeah. And now uh, Shermer. So yeah, that's five. Right? I count right? Yeah. Yeah. We're so good at this. We are professionals, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. We're professionals in the same way that the Broncos seem to be professionals over the last five years. We're about on par. We'll get better. We promise. Our relationship to professionalism is a direct correlation to uh, to the Denver's Denver Broncos' success and ability to run a franchise. Once they start winning games, we'll be a good, we'll be fucking great. We'll be the toast of, of Broncos podcasting. DNVR who? I don't know. There's people that just want to say this boring stuff all day? We'll say boring stuff weekly. Yeah. You don't have to listen as often to hear nothing of substance. That is, that is a benefit. And it is and you know what we're not going to do? What are we not going to do? We're not going to open a sports bar. I mean, don't rule it out, but I'm not going to use I'm not going to use 
the guise of journalism to turn into a, a, a front to sell t-shirts and cheeseburgers. If I want to open a sports bar, it's going to be unaffiliated, and it's going to be Thor-based. I'll be there. I'll, I'll be there, Thor bar. Are you sure? Because it'll be vegan. I mean, to, will they have beer? Is beer vegan? Yeah. I think so. It should be. I don't think there's any I animal in my cannibal here. here. I'm just going to put, like, mushrooms on, a, on bread and serve it to people. People cannot be enjoying listening to this. Again, professionals. <laughs> professionals. Uh, so you should really uh, hope for the Broncos to do better, so we'll do better. That's right. Because until then, we will not do better. Judy. Hamilton. Hamilton. Cleveland. Patrick. Hamilton. Hamler. I think I said Hamilton earlier instead of Hamler. Oh, man. Uh, Sutton. Can we throw Fant in there? No. No, we're only talking wide receivers. Spencer. Do you get Patrick? Uh, I think I said Patrick, but Patrick. Do we have the best wide receiver core in the whole league? We have the best wide receiver core in the history of the league. Who are you going to cover? You can't. You can't cover you everyone. You can't cover everyone. And Drew Locke is the second coming of Peyton Manning. 2013 Peyton Manning. That'll be great. Seriously, I though. Uh... We've... Can we can we just be a little positive? Can we like not talk? Because we've done it. We did a whole episode where we were like, this should have been done in a different way. Like, since it's already done, can we like how excited are you for the, the offense in particular, even if it in a way that it doesn't relate to you, to the things that could have been? Honestly speaking, from a fan standpoint, I am excited. Um, I don't know what's going to happen on the field, especially with the offense, especially with these young wide receivers, and especially with this young quarterback throwing at them. I am excited in a way that I haven't been maybe since Peyton Manning joined the Broncos because it's the allure of the unknown. It's the uh, what are we going to see? What what is it going to be, you know, these towering highs or just these pitiful Vance Joseph lows? I can't wait for it, man. And that's one of the reasons that I'm really upset that I think we're going to see this season cut short is because I, I want. I just want to know. I just want to experience what this future of the Broncos offense is going to be. And I don't think we're going to get a true look at that maybe until 2021. That really does suck, especially if they um, if the years accrue and we're now like just like facing down the barrel of a couple real high dollar players starting to... Um, want to talk about their next contracts right without that benefit of the rookie and the team is allegedly i've heard rumors of not being very cash rich so it's 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 scary the prospect of not getting a season yeah you're right it's, it's really scary prospect of, of, of like these people missing out on development or us just missing out and getting to see them develop um, right. while and, also and, like shaving a year off of everyone's contract and development time and and that's not even from like the, you know, health threats standpoint. That's just from just talking about football in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. All of this is vacuum. Uh, uh, also, I, I I like that you tried to get me rolling on that uh, by saying let's just be positive, and I ended it with and COVID's gonna ruin everything. 
No, well, we should. Never trust somebody who <laughs> just wants to talk about the positives. Always ruin their day because they're <laughs> wrong. All right? They just don't want to have tough conversations. Well, I um, I, I sort of misrepresented you on on my other podcast on the Poorly Informed Sports Show. I know. Um, I, I know that you know because you called me out and you told me that I misrepresented you. So this is your platform to to prove me wrong. What did I... What did I call you out on? When did I call you out? I uh, I said that you were a Debbie Downer about the uh, about the Broncos, and you are not. You you have you have hype. Oh, I am very excited. Um, sans all of the horrible things that are going on in the world, and maybe the fact that like a NFL season might have uh, rippling effects that are overall negative given the current climate. Um, but if we we're just talking about a season happening without all of the other things about it, I am super excited about Locke. He's the first like legitimate looking quarterback for a while. Like even when Trevor was having his like first four game stretch of like maybe he could play, like it was never like watching a real quarterback. It was like watching Peyton Manning's last season. Like this is somebody who best case scenario doesn't fuck up. And that's fine, because I was still, even even me, even perfect, perfect scope me at the time was like, maybe a great defense and an average offense can re replicate success the way it did. That's not true. Looking back, even now, as, as much as I was in Trevor's corner, he wasn't a quarterback. Paxton Lynch wasn't a quarterback. Case Keenum wasn't a quarterback. Joe Flacco wasn't a quarterback. These were backups, stand-ins, and band-aids. And Drew Locke is the first time in five years. The first time in five years I've been excited for the prospect of the quarterback playing and not the pieces around him elevating him to a level of moderateness. And he, he looks like he might do it. Like he, he, I mean, of course, you've got it's, it's always somewhat of a gamble with every. I, I want you to know how high in the air my hands are right now. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, every quarterback is some degree of mystery and gamble. And there are things in those five games he had at the end of the season that are concerning. Uh, but they're concerning in a way that I'm still excited. They're concerning in a way that looks fixable or at least addressable. And Aaron... I just want to see the ball go down the field. I want to see the ball go down the field, and I want to see somebody in an orange shirt catch it. That's why I started watching football at all, was a moment at somebody else's house where I was vaguely aware and not even remotely interested in football whatsoever, where the Broncos are playing the Cowboys, and I saw... I saw a guy in an orange shirt throw a ball way down the field to a, another guy in an orange shirt, and then everyone made a lot of noise. And that's where I, that is what I want. I want that moment over and over and over. And Drew Locke is the best chance I have of having that moment. And I, I have to give, um, kind of give some, some props to the front office. I think that they did some things to put Locke in, in the position to do what you said you want to see. They did do that. They are trying to, even if it's in an order I'm not sure I'm exactly happy with or thrilled with at the very least, um, they do seem determined to get locked to that point in the near future.
Yeah. So even if I'm upset that they didn't address like a tackle or uh, things on the defense that I think will give Locke a better chance to to be able to air out things more precisely, they clearly are like going in on Locke. They're they're not being tepid. They're not trying to build up and see if we can get another placeholder quarterback or let's see what he can do. If he can do well with like these pieces, we'll 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 consider doing you know more form in the future they are going in on lock hard they brought in the first two picks often considered the best um wide receiver in in this particular draft class especially in regards to route running they went second pick the one of the top like three or four speediest guys in the draft um somebody who's a, a threat in multiple ways they brought in a familiar tight end who's not going to block for shit, but he is going to be a red zone threat, and he's fast as fuck. Um, they went and got, like, in the seventh and then undrafted, they went and got three more wide receivers. So clearly they have an idea for an offense that's going to make me happy, at least in practice. And to top that all off, they got an offensive coordinator who will attack the, the field that way. That's it's nice. It is nice. Like all of my cynicism and 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 you seem to share some of it as well about the way things were handled and the moves that were made in instead of other moves. It is nice that they're doing this. Our uh, uh, former guest on the uh, Hamler episode, uh, Cleland Farrell, uh, dubbed us the Soggy Bottom Boys. Um, look at us. Soggy bottom boys kind of drying off a little bit here. The difference is Cleland had bad arguments for the thing he was talking about. <laughs> um, if he just wanted to talk hype, I could talk hype. Um, that's not what was happening. And I stand by it. But yeah, I'm excited. There, there is a lot to be excited about, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, it feels good to be, to, you know, get excited and talk about it, that excitement. It is. It's so nice to not be gritting my teeth. Uh, it's it's lovely, and it's been five years. There's so many people who don't actually have memories of of the last time we were successful in any meaningful capacity. And when I say successful, like I a little bit don't even want to count the Super Bowl season in that. That wasn't a complete team. That that wasn't some like that was. I know it was a fun. It was a fun as fuck season. Mm -hmm. But there was like. Out of was 10, it? how many coin flip games and coin flip moments went the Broncos' way that season? Yeah, so many. I think they led the NFL in uh, games won by a score or less. Yeah, which is a testament to the defense, but that wasn't a complete team. The last right. complete team they had was arguably 2013 until, until the Super Bowl. And probably the, the first half of 2014. Until, yeah, the uh, first half. Until Manning took a dive. Yeah. But it's, it's, it is nice. It, it's nice to be excited again. It's nice to be excited about the whole thing and not excited like we're putting the pieces together. Of like The pieces might be there. It's now just developing them. We're talking about a team that um, I don't think the window is open yet, but they can see the window. Yeah, we're not in the cellar. <laughs> we're in... We're we're in we're in the corridor. We're headed towards the living room where there might be windows in which we can escape with all the things we've stolen. Well, how about the the other side of the ball? Uh, what what is there to be excited about defensively? Because offensively, it's all very clear. Fangio, Vic Fangio is what you need to be excited about on the defensive side of the ball. 
Fangio, I, I'm not actually sure how much Donatel is a thing, but he seems to be around Fangio and Fangio trusts him. So I'm going to give him a decent amount of credit, at least as a DB coach in some capacity. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think when, when you're talking, like there isn't as much a, I mean, we all still love Vaughn and we all know that Vaughn is somewhat overlooked in a lot of categories because of a lot of the intangible things that he can bring. Um, you know, we, we we saw those those clips of him getting triple teamed more than once this season, even though there was nobody else on the other side of, or well, because there was nobody else on the other side of the line. Right. So, but but we do have to start going like he's thirty one, thirty two, thirty one. I think his game is going to start slowing down. He was a speed rusher primarily. Like overall, he, he's he's built for a speed rush and dipping and diving. He's going to start slowing down. But with Bradley Chubb, with Jarrell Casey added, who isn't as good as I think some people are hyping him up as, but that's still like he's still really good. Right. Um, I don't know enough about McTelvin Ajim, but they took him over a tackle or other things of need when they already had some semblance of depth on the D line. So just that endorsement of of getting him where they could have gotten others is a little bit good and that's another thing Colin said Colin um Shelby Harris uh is back so at least we know that once he doesn't beat his man he'll at least be able to bat balls down um and who else we've got uh Draymond Jones showed a lot of promise I'm still not completely done with DeMarcus Walker at least as a depth piece um that line's probably going to murder somebody this year if it happens you got Malik Reed and uh, Justin Hollins thrown in that mix too somewhere I think Hollins is a uh, linebacker and Jeremy Itachu, um, probably oh did they know. did manage to bring Itachu back yeah he was probably the best um, pass rushing or uh, outside linebacker backup that they had Malik Reed had a really really good preseason but he wasn't as successful he didn't carry as much of that over in the, the regular season as Jeremy Itachu did um, who else? Uh, the another year of uh, Alexander Johnson. Another year of Alexander Johnson being he's is he older than Todd Davis or are they like within months of each other? I know they might be within months. I don't know their ages for sure. Uh, yeah. I, the the defense. Uh, the the one concern I have is all of the question marks in the secondary. Um, I'm not concerned with one year of the safety tandem. They seem to be a top safety tandem. You know, Justin Simmons, an all-pro, um, should have gotten a thing, should have gotten an extension, but that will also be a future episode. Yes. Um, Deshaun, not Deshaun Jackson, not him. <laughs> Kareem. Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson. K-Jax. Um, the one who hasn't said ridiculously anti-Semitic things out loud um, on public platforms before, as far as I know. Um, yeah, Kareem Jackson, both having another year. Uh, I'm not concerned about them for this year. Uh, the cornerback teams, or the cornerback squad, that's... I'll, I'll believe Callahan hype when I see Callahan get hype. That, that it's, that's one of the things that's killing me that we don't have a preseason this year. I wouldn't even play him in the preseason. I'd be so scared of his reoccurring foot injury. And I know the foot just, injury, the second foot injury, the one that happened here, was because somebody stepped on his foot and aggravated the screws in his foot. Um, right, it was like a freak accident kind of but thing. that's what but... happens in games. 
people step on each other sometimes yeah. uh, um so i'll believe i i trust if he is healthy i'm excited about him i will believe callahan hype when i see callahan get hype same with bosby bosby had his eight meaningful quarters of football in which he looked kind of good well i'll say it he looked pretty good um i'll i'll be it i'm not totally sold on the jacksonville offense from last year being something we need to hold hold players up against uh but against aaron Rodgers and somebody who also didn't end up playing all through the year um he looked really good pretty pretty good bobsy had his moments bobsy had his moments that is a good way to put it bobsy had his moments he had a spinal injury in which he couldn't move for half an hour honestly um I wouldn't make the decision to come back. So uh, tip of the uh, cap to that guy for for having the the drive to do it, I suppose. I, it would depend entirely on the doctor, what the doctor said to me. Um, if, if they gave me like, I don't know, if they gave me like a 90%, like you're good to go 90, there's a 10% chance this happens again for, for like the money he's being paid. I don't know. That's a lot of paralyzation to be completely paralyzed. <laughs> I say that I would do Total it. Total is a lot of paralyzation. I say I say that I would do it for a lot of quarter million dollars, but that's one of those things that I'll claim a lot of things that will never ever be tested, and so I can just claim them. It's fair. I would definitely, definitely like throw myself in front of a rabid dog to save strangers. I would definitely do that. Don't ever test it. But you just know, trust me. I would do it. I mean, I honestly feel like I would. I think most people feel like they would. They would do very dangerous things. But as we've seen time time again, like the survival factor of people go like, don't put yourself in unnecessary danger. And the fight, flight, or freeze response comes up, and it turns out freeze is way more powerful than everyone assumed it was. But I don't know. I mean, if he's going to play good for him, and I hope it, I sincerely hope he does really well, and nothing ever occurs with his back again. But he had a spinal injury where 30 minutes he couldn't move anything. Um, mm -hmm. So again, I'll get hype when he gets hype. Um, Boye, who I've probably soured on more than any player <laughs> in a period of time in which I've seen nothing to suggest anything else. It was just, he's, he's a little bit, it seems like, on a downswing. And Well, it's tough to tell, right? Because he had a, a, a good career until last year and then uh, changed responsibilities and changed schemes and really fell off a cliff so hopefully uh playing under fangio and donatel puts him back kind of in his comfort zone yeah remember when joe flacco used to be really good at something yeah but flacco was continuously there it's not a complete yeah it's not a completely fair comparison um though the i think the overall sentiment for me is still there like taking somebody who used to be good because they were in a specific thing. Like they were hoping that Flacco would be good in a variation of the Kubiak offense that he had his best season in. No, taking, I, I do get what you mean. Yeah. Taking yeah. a cornerback who was good three years ago in a similar system, even if Fangio wanted him like two or three years ago and, and like going like, well, the last two years or so haven't been great for him, but we're going to revitalize a aging corner. Um, I think every corner, every single corner that is a veteran corner is, is I will believe the hype 
when I am shown the hype. Um, and I'm going to stick to that. I am super excited about Asang Basay. He wasn't drafted uh, in the third round. I forget he was, about Basay. He was somebody I was excited about in in my going over of corners in the before the draft. I was excited about him as like a fifth round prospect. Like if you can get somebody because he's short, he's a slot guy. He's he's always going to be that. He's going to be a nickel nickel corner. Um, but I was excited about him as a fifth, maybe even a sixth round to get him undrafted. Super excited. Value is there. Ojemudia. I'll see, I'll believe it when I see it. Yep, that's that's where I'm at with uh, Ojemudia as well. Um, I was going to ask you if if that was a little too harsh of me or not. He's got he's got some decent tape in a in a conference I don't really care about tape. Um, <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't really haven't really studied his tape. He he plays slower than his forty time. It appears. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it for the corner squad, right? There's like Elijah everyone... Holder, but you don't know who that is. Sure don't. Uh, the only thing about the secondary I'm really, really, like, absolutely concerned about is there is no safe safety depth, and there's a potential no safety tandem next year. Yeah. Kareem Jackson, they could get out of his contract, and maybe Justin Simmons, maybe they... Maybe he doesn't want to come back, or maybe they refuse to budge on the price. Um, maybe the Kansas City Chiefs keep paying their star players ridiculous sums, and the Broncos uh, don't want to even pay Justin Simmons top four safety money. You know, I can't believe that uh, the Broncos weren't able to bring back Will Parks. I, I don't think he. I don't think anybody wanted him here, including Will Parks. You don't think Fangio wanted him? He. Fangio used Parks so well. Did he? I, I Parks had a much better year under Vance Joseph. Did he? Yeah, Parks is Parks was like a standout in Vance Joseph's defense. If you want to call anybody a standout in that defense, this year he was one of the people responsible for a lot of those. Like, you need to cover this guy, or the game might be over. He was responsible for the um, you know, the fuckery aside, the um, uh, the Chicago the final Chicago thing that went down mm-hmm. where they needed all those yards to get a field goal. Uh, he was in cover. Um, even the final game, the final game of, or the final play of the final game, Renfro had him beat. Shelby Harris just got his arm up. He, he's a nice little tool to have, especially for the price that Philly got him. But it seems that if he was willing to, you know, he loves Philly, he handles Philly well. Right. His hometown, right? Yeah, I I think he wanted I think him wanting to, to play for Philly probably had a huge part to do with with him going to Philly, uh, especially for like he got paid like what less than two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it's a it was it's a, a very small... low sum. So if the Broncos weren't willing to go, I'm sure that there was like a price that Will was willing to get paid over a million dollars that would keep him out of Philly. They obviously didn't if that's the case and he went to philly for less than two million dollars like i i think ultimately nobody wanted him here enough i guess is a, a qualifier to put on there nobody wanted him here enough to really fight for him he's a fan favor though he's very personable he's very likable he just his football skills weren't always as great as those personable skills yeah i see yeah still um 
he'd be better than um name one safety depth. Yep. <laughs> Trey Marshall. That's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> well, you beat me. How many tight ends do we need? We don't have Jeff Hireman anymore. He's gone. That's right. We're we're He's uh, the only, only one we knew that would reliably block on the line. I, I think we're we're past the point of acquiring tight ends at least. You doubt Elway. Well, if he's releasing tight ends now, hmm. I would say for the season, we're probably going to move on from picking up more. So who we got? We've got Fant. We've got Vanit. We've we have got Okwagbenum. Okwagbenum. We've got Beck. We've got um, uh, Fumagalli. We've got... Is Austin Fort still on the Austin roster? Austin Fort. And I think that now? might be it. That's six. That's probably That's it. Six. So we know Fant, Okwegbunum, and Vanette are pretty much locks. How many tight ends do you think we carry? Oh, Butt. Butt's on there, so seven. Oh. I can't believe I forgot Butt. I'm his yeah. biggest fan. Because <laughs> I love a comeback story. Are, are you really in, in Jake Butt's corner? Mm-hmm. Just for the comeback story. Okay. I like the idea of somebody, like, even if he had somewhat... He probably had like a Trevor Simeon style privileged existence prior to football. Uh, I don't know if you ever looked in that. Trevor Simeon came from some money. Um, not like billionaire money, but his family like bought him a Hummer as a graduation gift or something. Ugh. Yeah, he came for some money. Um, but so we've got those seven. We know that Fant, Okwegbunum, and. Um, it's it's Okwegbunum. Okwegbunum? Okwegbunum. You don't pronounce the G. You don't pronounce the G. Right. Okay. Okwebunum. Okay. I apologize for the amount of times I've said Okwebunum. Um, Okwebunum. So we've got, and, and Vanit. Those three are almost guaranteed, right? Do you expect that? Uh, yeah, I would assume so. How many do you think we carry? Well, it's tough because um, I, if, if he can stay healthy based on what they had to say about him last preseason, uh, Jake Butt could make this team. Jake Butt, maybe. I don't know what he offers that isn't already done by other people. He wasn't known for his blocking in college. He's not as fast as uh, Albert or Noah. They they loved him in camp last year, though. But yeah, well, that's good to know. Especially coming from somebody who was very aware of camp. I know Fort got a lot of attention, but I think it was just proportional or disproportional to his undrafted status more so than like he's going to tear the league up. Like, well, he's doing really well for an undrafted guy. Was it Fort who um was it Fort who who popped his ACL? Mm, uh, ACL MCL during a game. Yeah, on that pass from Locke. Was it that? Oh no. I think it was. It was a shame because I was like, wow, this kid is really potentially something and had an open field catch and just came down funky on his knee you know landed with his foot planted sideways and his knee just bent in a direction it shouldn't bend um i'd like to see him get i don't know not not get a shot but make some noise i think he was getting enough eyes on him last season last um training camp that he'll probably get a relatively fair shot or a relatively fair look yeah um, I don't know, though. Uh, I don't know. Troy Fumigali has done exactly nothing to inspire me except his willingness to block. He's 
a better blocker than I expected him to be, but I think his willingness to get in there is it's much more admirable than his actual output. He also kind of showed some uh, chemistry with, with Locke in preseason last year, didn't he? Or am I making that up? I don't recall, but Locke has that thing that all quarterbacks seem to have, which is a love of tight ends. <laughs> That's true. That's, there's not a single quarterback who I don't feel like you could, you, you couldn't say, man, get him a good tight end. Like, yeah, they all do that. Every single one of them. A little um, factoid about Troy Fumagalli. He has the same, had the same, uh, I don't know what type of disorder it is. That the, um, uh, the, the Seahawks guy did? Yeah, I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah, I think I remember on draft night them talking about it. Fumagalli has um, nine fingers. Mm -hmm. His index on his right hand? Or his left hand? I honestly don't know. I didn't know which finger it was. Oh my god. You're not a Fumagalli stand. Gonna, not an appropriate one, anyway. I'm going to shell out this factoid and then not have all of the information surrounding it. Who do you think we take? How many tight ends on the fifth? How many can we take? 55? What is the roster size? I think roster size this year is 55. Okay. How many tight ends on 55? Well, how many of these guys could make the practice squad? Uh, how many of them are? All of them except Vanit, right? No, no not, not practice squad eligible, but um, would actually clear waivers. Oh, okay. To get to the practice squad. Fort? Because it, it, yeah, Fort might but. be able to. I think Butt would. You think so? I wonder yeah, if someone I might. Don't... I mean, I don't but, know what the tight end. They would, they would have to put him on their roster, right? You can't, you can't take somebody from the practice squad and put them on your practice squad. So you'd have to devote a spot to, to somebody, especially if there's no preseason. Nobody's going to see what Butt can do. That's true. I, so in this specific year, I think Butt would make it to the practice squad. I think Fort, I know Fort would make it to the practice squad. I would, because I, I think that if they're comfortable stashing guys on the practice squad to reevaluate when there's hopefully a, a fuller preseason next year, I think they would do that. Yeah, Maybe that well, doesn't make sense for Butt because Butt is, um, he's going to be a free agent after this year. Yeah, but if he, mm, that's tricky. I guess if you caught him to put him on the practice squad, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Cleveland is definitely going the practice squad, by the way. Cleveland isn't taking Tim Patrick's spot or Hamilton's spot. Um but yeah, so I would say Butt goes on the Butt could make it to the practice squad, Fort could make it to the practice squad, Fumigali could make it to the practice squad. Huh. Hmm. I I I think roster prediction uh could almost be its own shorter episode. Yeah, well how did we get into this? I don't know. We were we Didn't were we hyped say about like thirty things. minutes. We were like a thirty-minute episode. We did. I I told my wife it would be quick. <laughs> oh, do we want to go back to just being hype and then end it? Is there anything else? What are we going to talk about? I'm kind of at the end of my notes. What would you like to see out of the season? Would it like uh, take a realistic season? Don't say mega Super Bowl. What yeah, we're pretending that for and for sure we have sixteen games at the very least, right? Yeah, for sure we have 16 games. What is your biggest hope to see out of the season? Is it individual achievement from some specific players, a certain way the offense gels, a certain outcome for the season? What is your biggest want? The biggest single thing that I want to see 
uh, is continual growth and progress from Drew Locke. I want to be able to watch each week and say, yep, he got a little bit better this week in one area. Um, it's not going to be a linear thing, but if I can see him not repeating mistakes week after week, um, even if you break that up, you know, maybe four weeks at a time, um, that's what I want to see. What about you? I'd probably say the same thing. I, like, I don't think anyone would deny the most important aspect, and it's often called the most important role in sports, right, is the quarterback. Everything is going to flow outward from the quarterback. So even if even if they like stumbled into the postseason somehow in the, like the 2015 Broncos kind of way, I would be less satisfied than let's say like a seven and nine season in which it was apparent it wasn't Locke's fault and Locke mm -hmm. in fact took steps. So yeah, I agree with you completely. I want to see Locke develop and improve. All right then, more, more than anything. Outside of the obvious answer, then, since we both agreed on on Locke, and I think most of Broncos country would, uh, what would you like to see beyond the quarterback position? I'd like to see the team sold. <laughs> okay. I have no love for the Bolins. Uh, I don't have much like antipathy for the Bolins. I don't care about the Bolins. I know I'm not going to have my wish of Green Bay Packers, the city owns the team. Uh, so... Uh, I'd like to see it sold. I don't know. There was a guy from Texas that sounded more palatable than the average billionaire. Uh, maybe a maybe a group. I don't really care about Peyton Manning being part of ownership. He can if he wants or if he is. I don't. I don't have love for Peyton Manning being in a managerial or ownership role. If he is, fine. Um, yeah, I would just like to see some form, of, like, get this away from the people who have handled it for a while. I want Drew Locke's new blood era to come with new blood from top to bottom. And I'll take the new blood of, like, Fangio and Shermer. Um, you know, they get grandfathered in. Their, their blood is grandfather new. That's not what you asked me, but <laughs> that's, oh, that wasn't the intent of your question. I did mean on the field, but that, that's still a legitimate answer. Uh, and one that I wouldn't have considered. On the field, I would like to see... Hmm. I would like to see a harmony on the offense. Uh, I, don't, I don't want... You know, it would be really awesome to have kind of a gunslinger player back to my... The one play of whatever Peyton Manning did in 2012 that got me into the team. You know, that'd be nice. But I would, I would like to see... All aspect. I'd rather be like every aspect of the team is a seven out of ten. You know, I guess like the Patriots have had for like twenty years, right? <laughs> they they're capable at all levels. Uh, not necessarily fantastic at every single one, but they don't have to be. They could be. They could pull it out if they needed to be. Um, but they didn't have to be. And so I would like to see a harmony in that sense. I'd like to see everyone gel. Uh, I'd like to know that if Cortland Sutton isn't open, I don't have to be worried. Or if a run goes up the middle, I'm not immediately like, oh, what's on my phone? Because this is going for two <laughs> yards. And I guess my answer is I'd like Shermer. Uh, I'd like to see Shermer succeed. Yeah. You want an offensive coordinator stability next year? And we're going to get some... Uh, whether he's good or bad, we're going to have the same offensive coordinator unless he like completely shits the bed because 
he ain't getting any offers for at least another couple of years. You're probably right. Uh, he's not going to get hired away unless the Broncos have a completely unbelievably good offense, which, let's be honest, that's not going to happen this year with no offseason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what is your biggest fear for the season, like, realistic fear for the season? Well, aside from the obvious, Drew Locke yeah, sucks. Yeah, that one. Uh, my biggest fear is the lack of depth along the offensive line, especially at tackle. That's already compromised. Uh, and the complete unknown of the cornerback room. Those are the correct answers. Here's my selfish one. That the cornerback room is going to be really good. Because <laughs> then you'll be wrong. That is part of it. But <laughs> it will it will show that Fangio can put more or less anybody adept back there. And back there? Yeah, no, I'll say back there. Defensive backs. Yeah, fuck you. Um, what? He can put anybody back there and have at least moderate success with them. And I want to fall in love with somebody, Aaron. I want, so, I want, to, I want to chant Bailey, who we know is going to be here forever. And we'll keep giving him lots and lots of money because he's earned it, because he's a good guy and a good player. Instead of going like, hmm, he, we gave him three years, and uh, Fangio and Donatel can like, just make another one real quick. We don't have to pay him. Like, oh, no. I want to fall in love. So, so your fear is that Success. they'll be okay. Yeah. You need them to either be terrible or great. Mm-hmm. Or at least one player to be great. Yeah, my fear is the dirty, dirty centrists. <laughs> no surviving. No surviving. Is that how we want to end it? The intimate episode? The fireside chat episode? With no surviving? No surviving. It's been a while since you mentioned guillotines. I was thinking about that the other day. I was trying to, like, save it. But, um... We should chop the head out of out of yeah we should chop the head off of uh some some people that i don't like uh dirty dirty centrists <laughs>